Chapter 25, verse 1 Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. It almost echoes Matthew chapter 7. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. For the Lord to say that he never knew somebody clearly means they were never saved to begin with. Chapter 25 needs to be read in conjunction with Matthew 7, dealing with the verse that I've just given you, and also Matthew chapter 13, the wheat and the tares. These ten virgins may have started out alright in some ways, but they had no oil, and oil in the Bible is a type of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 told us that if you don't have the Spirit, you don't have Christ, meaning you are not saved. These five foolish virgins, spiritual virgins I believe, didn't have the Holy Ghost, so they were never saved to begin with. Also this chapter feeds quite nicely into the last chapter, especially from verses 49 to 51 when the Lord deals with that wicked and evil servant which you actually find back in verse 48 but by 51 that evil servant that unsaved party that dog that goat is sent to the lake of fire why well he was never saved to begin with and these five virgins were never saved to begin with they could have had a religious appearance they could have been religiously accepted among their peers like the Pharisees but they weren't saved hence why the Lord says to them in verse 12 I never knew you or I know you not he cannot deny himself if we are faithless he remains faithful he cannot deny himself also from verse 9 Simon Magnus tried to buy the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 8 and he was cursed so clearly this part of scripture if it's going to be cited by the conditional security brigade are going to have to do a lot of cartwheels to prove their hypothesis that this proves that one can lose their salvation I don't believe that it does prove it I'm not even sure it alludes to it but what I will say is this underscores once again the absolute importance of a being saved and b ready for the Lord's return the worst thing that can happen to a saved party if they are backslidden and not walking in the spirit is they will forfeit 
their rewards at the judgment seat. But here, like I say, 25 feeding back into 24 from verses 48 to 51, and also chapter 13 with the wheat and the tares, and back to chapter 7 when the Lord says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name, so on and so forth, and I will say to you, I never knew you. All these verses, I believe, are saying the same thing, but in different ways. One other quick point, in Matthew 7, the unsaved people didn't build on the one true rock. The rock they should have built on was Jesus Christ, not Peter. And this is the problem which has continued on for centuries between Roman Catholics and Bible-believing Christians. Catholics build their foundation upon Pope Peter, quote-unquote, and he becomes their rock. Now they will say that Christ is their rock, but they really are speaking out of both sides of their mouths because they say that Peter was the first pope and every pope goes back to Peter and to be sure that you are in the one true church, quote-unquote, you need to be in submission to the pope. So they are leaning on that rock, they are building on that rock, and that rock is sand, hence why the judgment comes, and it comes fast and severely. But here, as I say, these ten virgins are really a picture, I believe, of the wheat and the tares, and the tares, obviously, are the five foolish virgins, and the wheat are the five wise virgins. 13. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Nobody knows when the Lord is going to return. Also, one other quick point to squeeze in from the previous verses. The Lord coming at midnight and the call goes out to meet him. I'm not convinced that's a reference to the rapture either. We were told that the rapture would occur in the twinkling of an eye. There won't be any kind of announcement that the Lord is coming back for those of us that are alive on the earth. Yes, the trumpet sounds and the archangel proclaims the Lord's departure from heaven, but as far as those of us that are concerned living on the earth at the time of the rapture, we won't know when that is going to occur. But uh, 13 pretty much reaffirms what I've already said. Also going back to 2436, that only the Father in heaven knows of the exact time and hour but uh, saying that, let me say this, that although Christ as the Son of Man didn't know at that moment in time when these things would occur, in John 10.30, he says the Father and I are one. That's a reference to his deity. And if I may, I just wish to share one more footnote because it really is relevant back to verse 1, that the kingdom of heaven is the same as the kingdom of God. Please always remember that. However, saying that, let me say this one more time, that the kingdom of heaven has two parts to it, a physical and a spiritual realm. Paul preaches about the kingdom of God right up until the end of Acts of the Apostles. That's the physical kingdom, the here and now. But when the Lord came on the earth and preached to the Jews, he was referring about the spiritual kingdom, the Davidic kingdom. So just one more time, I need to make this clear because some of my dispensational brethren argue that the kingdom of heaven isn't the same as the kingdom of God. And on that point, I separate from them. 
but I needed to clarify one more time that they are the same but there are two different aspects to the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of heaven 14 for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods and unto one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents and likewise he that had received two he also gained other two but he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his lord's money after a long time the lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them and so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents saying lord thou deliverest unto me five talents behold i have gained beside them five talents more his lord said unto him well done thou good and faithful servant thou hast been faithful over a few things i will make thee ruler over many things enter thou into the joy of thy lord he also that had received two talents came and said lord thou deliverest unto me two talents behold i have gained two other talents beside them his lord said unto him well done good and faithful servant thou hast been faithful over a few things i will make thee ruler over many things enter thou into the joy of thy lord then he which had received the one talent came and said lord i knew thee that thou art an hard man reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed and i was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth lo there thou hast that is thine his lord answered and said unto him thou wicked and slothful servant thou knewest that i reap where i sowed not and gather where i have not strawed thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers and then at my coming i should have received my own with usury take therefore the talent from him and give it unto them which hath ten talents for unto every one that hath shall be given and he shall have abundance but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth without wishing to go over the same ground again and i've just spent several moments looking at the previous verses and trying to dismantle some of the arguments that the conditional security people advocate all i will say is this that 14 to 30 as you can appreciate is also cited by these people to argue that a saved party can be lost i don't believe that and like i've said going back to chapter 7 chapter 13 and the latter part of chapter 24 shows me that in reality those that are cast into outer darkness are the dogs they are the tares they are the false converts here the lord is a good and faithful master and he gives talents to each of his servants and yet the last servant gets only one talent 
and yet even with just one talent he fails to produce any fruit. In fact he goes and buries the talent in the earth. That is a picture of contempt. The Lord returns wanting an update and the faithless, slothful servant snubs the Lord and the result of that is that this unsay party from verse 30 goes into outer darkness weeping and gnashing of teeth a picture of the first death and again and I will keep saying this this is not evidence quote-unquote that somebody can be saved one moment and lost the next this shows me that this party built their foundation on the incorrect rock from Matthew 7 they were the tares found in Matthew 13 and even Paul in Acts chapter 20 post the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ even Paul says that there would be false brethren from among you that would come up from among you and for the most part those false brethren weren't spotted even to this day most false teachers are not spotted the wheat and the tares grow side by side but here this unfaithful slothful servant from 26 fails to give a good account of himself to his Lord and as I've already said from 30 as a result of that as a result of not putting on the righteousness of Christ but standing in the presence of the king in his own righteousness he therefore pays the penalty for his sin again it's evidence that this party was never saved to begin with 31 when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him then shall he sit upon a throne of his glory messianic term the Lord is now returning to the earth with the church to rule and to reign from Jerusalem 32 and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats you need to read Joel chapter 3 in conjunction with this I haven't got time to do it now but uh, you need to do so to understand what is going to occur when he does this 33 and he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left when he comes back to the earth there will be saved people that weren't put to death by the Antichrist and it's those people that are gathered from Matthew 24 and are taken up to Jerusalem the goats here are those that also survived the Antichrist's reign and those people if they are wealthy are the ones that probably hid themselves in the caves and they too are summoned to be judged by the Lord this is not the great white throne this is the Lord's judgment on the earth not the great white throne which happens in heaven 34 then shall the king say unto them on his right hand come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for I was unhungered and ye gave me meat I was thirsty and ye gave me drink I was a stranger and ye took me in naked and ye clothed me 
I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. 33 down to 40. Here you find the Lord rewarding the tribulation saints for what they have done unto his brethren during the great tribulation. And most dispensationalists believe that here this is in reference to the Jews. I have no problem with that. I will just add a few more points if I may that you can't go to heaven by doing good works. Here you find those that have already been saved and once they were saved they had the good works to go with their salvation. You were saved by your faith in Christ alone but you were also saved to do good works. Faith without works is dead, works without faith is dead also. These people were saved, they are the sheep and to become a sheep you have to appropriate the atonement, you have to believe on the Lord totally to be saved, it's a free gift. And once you do that, you are in his flock. You are a sheep. He is the shepherd. And here your works are seen among those around you. And here the Lord is openly rewarding those that have survived the tribulation and have been faithful to the Jews. Again, this is not the great white throne which occurs in heaven, but this is the judgment of the nations on the earth. 41. Then shall he also say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Let me just stop there. Hell wasn't made for man, it was made for the devil and his angels. The kingdom of God was made for man from the foundation of the world, not before the foundation of the world. Hell was made at the foundation of the world but it was made for the devil and his angels not for mankind one more time 41 then shall he say also unto them on the left hand depart from me ye cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels for I was a hungered and ye gave me no meat I was thirsty and ye gave me no drink I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Now the goats have the opportunity to ask the Lord how they could have missed all these opportunities. And he says in 45, Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, 
you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. The first part here is in reference to the lost, the nations that have been judged by the Lord, those that have survived the great tribulation, those that haven't been put to death by the Antichrist, they are judged, and because they weren't saved, because they didn't treat Israel with respect, they are lost. And they go into everlasting punishment, which starts with the first death, Luke 16, and they will spend at least a thousand years in hell during the millennial reign, and at the end of the millennial reign, the unrighteous are called up to the great white throne where they are judged 